Welcome back to the Content Swap Podcast. You are joined by Parker and... Aaliyah. Woo! And if this is your first time watching the Content Swap Podcast or listening to the Content Swap Podcast, this is a podcast in which we podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Uh, I just I said it so many times I had to make that joke. Um, anyway, this is a podcast where Aaliyah and I uh, engage with a piece of content that we assign each other at the end of every episode and then we discuss it throughout the episode. So today we're going to be discussing two pieces of content, one after the other, and then at the end we're going to assign the piece of content that we want the other to engage with for the following week. So, with that in mind, before we jump into it, what's going on? Give us your weekly update. How's life? Life's good. Um, just working and crocheting and <laughs> that's about it. Tell, tell the audience more about your crocheting. <laughs> that, uh, that's a nice I'm top you're wearing, wearing there. Wearing what a top that I made. Oh yeah? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It started off with a little mushroom and then I was like, well, what else can I do? <laughs> and so then I made this top and I was like, oh, I can make clothes. Well, I made the hat first and then I was like, well, I made the hat. Can I make clothes? I make clothes and I'm like I'm making clothes nice so yeah so now I'm down a rabbit hole of making a wardrobe <laughs> that's like completely crochet yeah nice and you're gonna make uh you're gonna make pants I don't know we'll see <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I'm ready for that yet you're gonna make socks you're gonna make I can make some socks socks seem pretty can easy make? can you make a dress I really want to make a dress mm. but if I make a dress I want it to be like Right now, I'm kind of using, like, the cheapy yarn because I'm just, like, learning. Yeah. Figuring out how to make things. So, when I get better and when I can get, like, or when I start getting, like, good yarn, then I want to make dresses. Okay. What else? I mean, what else can you make? Can Literally you make- anything. I can make bags. I can make toys. I can make whatever. Bags. I mean, I don't I know if I can that. make it. <laughs> I'm just saying the options of what you can crochet are endless. Do I know how to make those things? No, I could learn. The options for what you can crochet are endless. Hmm. I really want to start making like us de- home decor. Like I want to make pillows for our house. And can you make a fridge? Um, no, <laughs> no. I'm sure I could like make a fridge toy. Like you know. Hey, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be into it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm in deep. Yeah, you are. No, no, you're totally in it's deep. Like all it's I like, it's do. all you want to do. It's all yeah. I can think about. I come home from work and I'm like, I just, I can't wait to crochet. Wow. Yeah. But love, it's like probably a problem though, because like, I don't want to do anything else. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> it's a hobby and like, yeah. you know, hobbies are things that are meant to be taking up our free time, you know? Yeah. There's just not enough free time. I'm like, I need more time. <laughs> this is like when I'm playing video games. I'm like, yeah, I don't have enough time to play That's my video games. That's how I feel. Games. Because yeah. like this week you've been like, do you want to watch our like assignment? I'm like, no. <laughs> You're like, do you want to watch Survivor? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to crochet. I just want Meanwhile, I've been like watching a lot more TV this week on my own. Yeah. Playing games still. Yeah. But, and you're just crocheting i know i just sit in the bed and i put on a cartoon or i put on a bunch of, today was a seth rogan movie day so i just put on a bunch of seth rogan movies and i just been crocheting even when we watched your assignment on friday night i was crocheting you were crocheting through the whole thing yeah yeah it was like last night when we watched mine 
you were not crocheting and you almost fell asleep. So <laughs> because the theater, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to hit the microphone like that. The theater. It's like, I walk in and instantly I'm asleep. I can't control it. And I can't, no matter what time of day we've done, we've done, mo- we've done morning movies. Yeah. I fall asleep. We've done nighttime movies. I fall asleep. I think when the morning movie is like the same thing over and over and over again, a la the Transformers animated movie, I think it's understandable. But I, I think, think if we had watched my movie that we watched last night in the morning, like I had originally suggested, I don't think you would have fallen asleep. I don't know. Okay, well, you need to stop resting your head on the side <laughs> of something. But that's like, it's not even, I don't... <laughs> I don't like intentionally like oh like I'm just gonna like lay my head it's like I'm sitting I'm sitting upright and there's always like some point in the movie where I'm like yeah <laughs> like I just like fall, just fall out, out. Yeah. and I can't I can't control it like yesterday I was like it feels like I've been drugged like I literally cannot keep my eye open which is weird because then we'll like go up it's like okay it's bedtime let's go upstairs let's get in bed and then I'm like more awake yeah it's just being in the theater So I think if we watched like the movie out here, I think I'd stay awake. I mean, I believe that. I'm just like, I like the theater so much. Oh no, I love the theater. Like I want to watch the movies in there, but it's just like, I might fall asleep. That's the thing. It's like when I'm in there, I'm like, I'm wide awake. I'm like, I'm fully juiced to just absorb this whole experience that I'm about to get. That's wild. Because, because it's a theater. I'm like, I'm excited because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get this experience at home. Yeah. So I'm like alert. I'm like taking advantage of it, you know? Yeah. If I fell asleep every time I watched a movie, I'd be like, well, that was a waste. That's how I thought I would feel. But like now having access to it, like constantly, I'm like, I don't want to be in there. It just, it feels like it drains the life out of me because it's so dark. And I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> well, that's true. It is. Yeah. It does get very dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to like go sit outside sometimes. Yeah. On the patio. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks. Cause it's like, I want to be able to take advantage of it too. But I'm yeah. Well, myself I'm not interested to hear your explanation of the end of my movie because. Oh, I don't remember it. Well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's your duty to let the people know what happened. Uh, yeah. In the movie, so I, I hope you wrote a, some good notes. I mean, I have a very brief summary, and that's the only thing I've written. Mm, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to... Oh, wait. What did you, what's up with you this week? Oh, yeah. You I'm sorry. about me. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, Not much is new with me this week. I've been <laughs> spending some time in the theater <laughs> watching shows. So I, I started watching Chernobyl this week, and I finished it yesterday. It was only five episodes. It's on HBO. It's about the whole nuclear disaster that happens in Russia in 1986. Uh, Most people who know about the show have already seen the show because it's extremely well rated. It's like number four or five on IMDb, uh, just rankings wise. Uh, No, it was incredibly well made. I am shocked I waited this long to watch it, um, especially given how short it was. It was incredible. If you've never heard of it or you haven't seen it and you have heard of it, just do yourself a favor. Maybe actually, if you <laughs> if you can't quite, if you don't think you can stomach it because it is quite serious, maybe don't actually check it out. But if you do think you could stomach it and you're curious, definitely check it out. It's incredibly well made and it is very eye opening. Um, yeah, and and on that note, I've yeah kind of just been on like a 
a Russia theme this week. I watched oh, the yeah. Navalny documentary about the the party opposition leader uh, in Russia who's like a politician that was trying to challenge Putin and he like got poisoned by the Russian government uh, at one point uh, in like 2020 or 2021. It was, uh, that was a very eye-opening documentary. And then to like, I think that's what put me in the mood to be like, oh, I want to watch Chernobyl uh, in the theater while I have the chance. Then I watched Chernobyl. And then Russia was just in the news a lot this week, more so than usual. Um, so, yeah, it was just weird, weird kind of theming thing that happened. And all, that, for me, just kind of started from having time in the theater and saying, all right, what is something that's interesting that I've been wanting to watch? And that Navalny documentary came up on HBO. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll watch that. And then it was just HBO just put me in a Russia spiral. Um, mm-hmm. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from that, I also started watching another show on HBO. Or okay, on Max. My bad. Um, I mean, it's still HBO. Well, yeah, yeah but it's like a and it's a stuff. Max original. <laughs> like when you said, so I watched, started watching this other show called Warrior. That is like a Max original. That's not an HBO show. You know, like mm-hmm. there is there's a branding difference there for sure. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, Warrior is about this. Uh, it's a man that immigrates to America from China in the late 1800s in San Francisco. Um, he's looking for someone. He ends up getting involved with local gangsters, and there's like a whole dispute going on between local gangs and the police, and there's just a lot of like history to it. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, also recommend checking it out. And there's also a lot of really well choreographed, uh, fight sequences in it as well. So it kind of, it keeps the action, uh, interesting. Uh, even if the topics being covered are sometimes very interesting. And then other times they're talking about like cable car contracts and who has the rights to that. And it's like, okay, not as interesting. Um, but you know, for there to be like really well done fight scenes in between, it's like okay, yeah, uh, I can, I can, I can sit through this mm-hmm. and just kind of learn a little bit. So yeah, I've been been watching both of those. Um, I'll keep watching Warrior, and then uh, Final Fantasy sixteen came out, and I'll try to keep it brief, but um, I'm enjoying playing it. I've been playing it all day today, and I've probably played a total of like seven hours which includes the two hours I played a week ago uh, playing the demo, which carried over into my progress. So, um, yeah, no, it's just a really really fun time. Uh, Big boss battles, and that's the most exciting part. And when you're not fighting bosses, it actually is a little boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like like all the in-between small interaction stuff, I am like, can we get through this stuff as quick as possible? Because I am not that interested mm-hmm. um side quests are not at all interesting it's like go here fight some people collect some things like you're not doing anything unique or challenging um and the rewards are kind of like minimal and i've heard people who say they like beat the game having done a lot of side quests they end up feeling like overpowered for the main quest so i might just focus more on the main quest because the story, the large story is interesting, but then like the small beats in between the big moments 
are honestly kind of not doing it for me. Um, but I'm still going to finish the whole, I mean, I st- I'm still, I still think it's great as a overall package. Um, I just wish those slower moments were not so slow. Um, yeah. And that's my update. Nice. I hope that wasn't too much. No. And I'm still playing Zelda. I think there's another 40 hours there probably. So who knows when that'll get done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm a hundred hours in already for context. So I've kind of come to come to terms with the fact that that'll just kind of always be there for at least another month mm-hmm. or two. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I've done a lot of talking. I believe we are covering my movie first. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you take over the talking. Sounds good. Um, so I was assigned Bloodsport, which came out in 1988. Um, and here is the summary. So... Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Frank Du, Du, right? That's how he pronounced it, right? Frank Dukes. Dukes. That's right. I was like, duh. You sound so like French. You sound so excited to be giving this description right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying this, the words. I think I'm tired. You I think are tired. Yeah. I'm just like shut down today. I don't know why. Anyway, okay. he Blood plays sport. Frank. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Plays Frank, who is a U.S soldier that basically like runs away from the military to go fight in the kumite which is an underground martial arts competition in hong kong and he's doing this to basically honor his like martial arts trainer um and so he goes to hong kong and is granted access to like compete in this competition and uh at this competition he's gonna fight a bunch of different um, people who are trained in different types of, of fighting. So I wouldn't even say it's martial arts specific, but just all different types of fighting. Well, I would say martial arts would just be like martial arts in and of itself is just like fighting techniques. Oh, okay. Just as a foundation. I didn't know if like boxing and martial arts were like synonymous. I would say that counts. Okay. You know. Got you. So then it is a martial arts competition. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone has a different style of fighting. So some yeah. people are more like boxers, some people more like. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't say that, like, boxing is a style of kung fu, for example. Yeah. Um, But martial arts, yeah, I I think you could encompass all of it. Okay, cool. Um, Well, one of the people that he might be facing is the champion from the previous year, who is Chong Lee. Um, And he's pretty scary. He killed a man last year. <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, he looks at him and he's like, who's that guy? And his buddy who like knows things is like, that's Chong Lee, previous winner. Killed a guy last year. Yeah. Yeah. So do scary. Um, so yeah. So basically Jean-Claude Van Damme, who plays Frank, is at this competition and is you know, competing in these matches with different people to like get higher and higher to hopefully go to the finale. Um, but meanwhile, the government, like government officials are chasing after him because they're like, we need you back at the military. Like you're our best weapon or they didn't say that, but the way they, whatever they said made it sound like they use him as a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, kind we of, need you. they're like, we've spent a lot of time and money on you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's a like, human. Like, <laughs> he's one of our best men. Yeah. I was like, so he's treated like a weapon. Cool. Yeah. Good to yeah. know. Good to know. This is really weird. To <laughs> it, I honestly didn't understand the point of that, but whatever. So anyway, um, 
basically the whole movie is just him fighting people and then by the end he does make his way to the finals which is just him and chung lee like competing against one another um <laughs> and he fights him and he wins <laughs> well yeah when when he's fighting him there is like some important context here in that like uh frank befriends this one guy ray jackson i think is his name who's mm. just like a big american dude who wears like harley davidson t-shirts and he sucks he does suck like as a character mm-hmm. he fully sucks mm-hmm. like he he's not somebody that you should really be rooting for Mm-mm. but him and frank become friends so it's like you kind of have to care about him <laughs> um but he get he has a fight with Chong Lee at one point, and Chong Lee like almost kills him. And then Frank, or sorry, then Ray ends up in the hospital, and Chong Lee like takes Ray's Harley Davidson bandana, mm-hmm. and Frank is like, "I got to get it back mm-hmm. for Ray." Um, it's my best Van Damme impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope uh, I hope uh, you approve. But um, so then like. When Frank and Chong Li are fighting each other, at one point, um, you know, like Chong Li's got the bandana on tied around his leg, and at one point he's like losing a little bit, and he whips out this like capsule and breaks it, and like throws dust or mm-hmm. I, I don't know some kind of drug powder in Frank's face, and Frank like can't see anything for mm-hmm. the remainder of the fight, mm-hmm. and so it's this big moment where like. Earlier in the movie, when he was doing the training montage with uh, Tanaka, his Shidoshi, who mm-hmm. was uh, training him, mm-hmm. there was like all these training sequences where he had like blindfolds on mm-hmm. and he like poured all the tea perfectly. And then uh, his teacher tried to like chop him and mm-hmm. then he like stopped him with his hand while he was blindfolded. So it's this big moment of like, oh, that is coming to fruition of being useful and that he can't see anything in this fight right now against Chong Li, mm-hmm. but using his instincts as a fighter, mm-hmm. he uh, is able to detect him and take him down and and rue the day and win and do like three or four spinning back kicks, which is honestly dope, um, mm-hmm. and then win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm taking over for you because he said they fight and they win (laughs) because that's what it felt like this movie is so simple it's incredibly simple yeah there's really not much to it they add extra fluff in there that really served no purpose like there's a love interest who knows why she needed to be in there she really didn't right for any reason right um the government people there was no reason for them to be in there right i just i wish it were (laughs) i wish those parts were just taken out and it was just fighting like that it's okay to just have the fighting i think well what did you think of it overall i thought it was good i mean i liked it okay let me let me pause i'm gonna be i'm gonna be very honest with you you sound bored and like you did not find this movie interesting at all so i'm gonna need you to sell me on the fact that you thought it was good (laughs) i let me take it back I don't think this is a good movie. I did enjoy the movie. Okay. There we go. I enjoyed it. I liked watching all the fight scenes. Like, but that was it. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like that was all that there was. And yeah. so it's like, I enjoyed when they were fighting. Did I need everything else? No. Yeah. But like, I'm not mad that 
it is what it is. Like, as a package, I'm not, like, upset about it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not, like, that was bad. I don't want to watch that again. Like, if you put it on the TV, I'd be watching, you know? So, yeah, it's like a, eh, sure. Eh, sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, okay, I feel it. Any other, th- before I kind of give mm-hmm. my thoughts on it, any other thoughts that you have as far as the quality of it or whatever? Not really. No. <laughs> okay. I mean, I agree with everything that you said. Like, I, I get it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, those parts are certainly not great, but the fact that, like, it's so 80s mm-hmm. and, like, low-budget feeling, mm-hmm. I think just, like, in those kind of, I guess, needless parts, mm-hmm. for me, like, really make it. Like, yeah, it's this martial arts, like, tournament movie, which is awesome, and it's, like, brutal and like you can kill a guy in the tournament yada yada mm-hmm. um and Jean-Claude Van Damme is doing a, the splits uh, a total of seven times uh wrote wow. down um like he's doing the splits he's doing spinning back kicks like yeah and some of the fights are clearly like they are not making contact at all because that would be dangerous mm-hmm. um I will say I don't mean to cut you off the one thing that I did not like about this movie is anytime Jean-Claude is fighting someone like, it is such an easy fight. Like, it's like that, the, his opponent is not doing anything. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, does, like, one move. And then they're like, oh, we're knocked out. And I was like, okay, all the other duos that we're seeing, they're, like, it looks they're like they're They're having a legit fighting. fight, yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, it's very anticlimactic. Every time we get to him fighting, and I'm like, okay, he's supposed to be this great person. And it's like, that wasn't even a true fight, so. Yeah, I mean, he is the talent, you know. I was like, they could have done a little more like if he gets hurt they have no movie it's kind of like the military uh in the movie they're like if he gets hurt we don't have a soldier <laughs> i mean it's not like they're really fighting they're doing, like play fight stunt coordinator that's no, their job for sure i did read that like one of the guys that he has a fight scene with is like a very well-known like stuntman mm-hmm. uh, fight choreographer guy or, or just he's he's a very well-known fighter um, and he had to like tone down his talent in order to make Jean-Claude Van Damme look better. <laughs> so basically they hired the wrong man for this movie. <laughs> Who, which guy? The Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Clearly he was miscast. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I just think this movie's fun. Like it's so, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, throw in a needless romance and throw in the whole, like the army's like you're our best man. We can't have have you getting hurt out there. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's just fun. It's stupid, mm-hmm. but, like, there's something lovably stupid about it, mm-hmm. you know? Do you, like, how did Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, become a person in Hollywood? Become a person? <laughs> like, what's his story of how he got, how he, like, made his career? I can't say I, like, read up a lot on this, mm-hmm. but based on the facts that I have right Mm -hmm. now I would say that like he was so he was like a karate and kickboxing world champion uh in his own right Mm -hmm. um this has been verified (laughs) and that that'll come back later I'm gonna get to that um Mm -hmm. but that's been verified like he you know he was like a legitimate champion in martial arts Mm -hmm. um and I guess he was just like a good looking guy Mm. um and he could do like crazy kicks and stuff they were like yo you gotta get into hollywood Mm. um this wasn't his first movie but Mm -hmm. this was his first like 
Jean-Claude Van Damme is now a thing Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. Um, like now he's more popular in the West uh, Mm -hmm. movie and then he made a bunch of movies after this and which were all kind of like you know action movies with fight scenes Mm -hmm. and he did he he made another movie a year later Mm -hmm. called Kickboxer which is basically another fighting, t- a secret fighting tournament movie, but mm-hmm. with kickboxing where he has to do like Muay Thai instead mm-hmm. of uh, like his like ninja training in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does another movie later on called The Quest uh, in like 96, which is about like finding this secret tournament in Tibet in the Lost City, but like. I think also stealing this like golden dragon thing, which whoever wins that tournament is supposed to win. Anyway, point being, this man, this man has done a lot of like fighting tournament movies. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I, I th- my like first, the first time I ever heard of John Claude Van Damme was I used to watch a show that was on Netflix, it was a Netflix original called Sense Eight, and it was a phenomenal show, and they canceled it. And I'm really upset about it. Mm. Um, and I think a lo- I remember that show. Yeah, a lot of people were upset. I think they ended up like. After they canceled it, they made like a special or something like that. And then they were like, but we're not coming out with any more seasons. Got it. But one of the guys on, one of the guys, one of the characters on the show was obsessed with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And like, I think he drove a bus that had like Jean-Claude's like face all over it. And he like, <laughs> I love that. was so obsessed with, he like wanted, he like wanted to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I was like, who the heck is that a real person? Like I thought, it, I thought it was like a made up character for the show. Yeah. And then like, I realized it was a, a real person, but I never like thought about him again. I mean, that doesn't surprise me because, um, Sensei was made by the Wachowskis mm. and they made the matrix mm-hmm. and they like, you know, we're inspired by anime and martial arts movies. Mm-hmm. And Jean-Claude Van Damme was making a lot of martial arts movies. So, you know, they definitely knew who he was. Uh, they should bring that show back. It was Sensei. so good. Have you seen it? I, I haven't. Oh, maybe I should assign it. Mm. Jean-Claude Van Damme did a uh, prime video uh, TV show called Jean-Claude Van Johnson. What? <laughs> Where he's like a secret agent, um, which now that I'm realizing kind of reminds me of Bloodsport in a way because he's like this weapon for the military, or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like he plays a fictional version of himself mm-hmm. called like Jean Claude Van Johnson, and it's like it's like a comedy. Yeah. Um, and I watched the pilot for it, yeah. and I remember thinking like, oh, this is fun because mm. that was at a time when prime video they did like five different pilots for five different shows Mm -hmm. and then everybody had to like watch them and vote which things they wanted to be made into real series and they said they were only going to do it for one yeah and one of the other five was the tick which that was like the Mm -hmm. clear runner Mm -hmm. um and so the the tick ended up getting a show but then they ended up making a jean-claude van johnson's show as well but i never ended up watching it so i've only seen that pilot Mm. um but it was interesting. Now I'm kind of like, after watching this, I'm like, yeah, I'm check that out. Because he's, yeah. like, I was looking at his filmography, and there's, like, there's there's a lot of bad movies. Like, he's got some stinkers. And then for them to, like, make that show, it's like, oh, okay, you know, like, mm-hmm. all right, that could be fun. Something maybe of quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Because nothing else he does is really of much quality. <laughs> um, I would say this is probably his best movie, honestly. Wow. Um, That's a low bar. 
oh yeah. You know? <laughs> um, he said that this was one, this is one of his favorite movies mm. as well. Mm. Um, okay, there I have like I have so many facts that I want to dive into on this movie because it is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, oh goodness. Okay, before I get into like the more wild stuff, I'll start. I'll start simple. Okay, so this is a fighting tournament movie. They can fight to the death. Um, so this actually inspired Mortal Kombat, like the video game. Uh, when they made Mortal Kombat, they were like, we basically just wanted to make blood sport, but just like more intense, more violent. Um, and they made the video game. Mm-hmm. And there is a character in Mortal Kombat named Johnny Cage, who is, his character is a martial arts movie star who is also like participating in the Mortal Kombat fighting tournament. Um, and it's completely inspired by Van Damme mm-hmm. to the point where the new Mortal Kombat game that's coming out in September, it's called Mortal Kombat 1, um, Van Damme is going to be doing the voice for Johnny Cage, which wow. is like the first time that that's ever happened, mm-hmm. um, which is like, that's fun. That's cute. You know, I was like playing as uh, Johnny Cage in those games. Um, and in this movie, actually, there is a, there is a fight scene between Van Damme's character, Frank Dukes, and a sumo wrestler. And at one point uh, in that fight, it ends with Frank doing the splits and then punching this guy in the crotch. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, ugh. Um, And he does it so seamlessly, like from standing to then like splits, boom, crotch punch. Um, And that's one of Johnny Cage's moves in the Mortal Kombat games. Uh, It was a lot of fun. (laughs) That's cute. Um, all right. So yeah. And Van Damme, as I mentioned, does the splits seven times in this movie. Uh, and there's a scene in this movie where he does what is known as the dim muck, which is like, because he tells everybody that, uh, like Tanaka was his Shidoshi. They're like, Oh, well, if you trained under that guy, then you must, you must know how to do the dim muck. So he like does this fancy move where he like, basically hits a pile of bricks and the bottom brick explodes and it's like, ooh, death touch. Like that's oh, a big deal. So the dim mock is like a completely made up fictional move. It's like from like Chinese wuxia novels. It's just known as this like f- fictional move. I think it's in like Kill Bill as well where it's like you hit somebody like at their pressure points and then they'll like just die basically or just there's you know their spleen will rupture or something um so he does that in this movie and that's totally you know a fictional thing um and supposedly this movie has the most montages of any movie ever at the time it was released that makes a lot of sense yeah tons of montages there were so many we there was a scene where there was it was just a constant flashback to the point where i forgot he was in the military yeah like the government was after him and i'm like who are these people why are they after him and you were like because he was he like ran away from the army i was like oh yeah we were in that flashback for so long i forgot about that (laughs) yeah like it, it it opens with like telling the viewer what the kumite is and then that he's in the army and that he's going to go to the kumite and then he visits his teacher and then he just reflects on his Literally, whole yeah, past his whole life for like 20 minutes yeah 
And then it cuts to him no longer reflecting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his whole training, everything. Everything. And then he goes to the Kumite. And it's just yeah. the Kumite for the rest of the movie. And then he wins and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love, I love those scenes, though, of like young Frank Dukes. <laughs> Um, it's so silly because it's like because Jean-Claude Van Damme has like a French accent mm. so they got this young kid in like Giants like San Francisco Giants gear um, and he's like hey I want to train under you <laughs> <laughs> why don't you teach me <laughs> it's like it's so it's funny it's, it's, it's so really silly. funny um, okay so now alright now I want to get into the really wild stuff that was just like the biggest rabbit hole in reading about this movie. So, uh, at the end of the movie, it ends the, the, the opening or sorry, the, the first thing that you get in the credits at the end of this movie is that the movie was based on real life events of this guy's life, Frank Dukes. Um, and it states that from 1975 to 1980, Frank Dukes fought 329 matches and retired undefeated as the world heavyweight full contact Kumite champion and still holds four world records for fastest knockout in 3.2 seconds, fastest punch with a knockout in 0.42 seconds, fastest kick with a knockout at 72 miles per hour, and most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament at 56 knockouts. Um, and that he also founded the first American ninjutsu system called Duke's Ryu. Um, okay. So I read all that and was like, you're going to tell me that this whole movie was based on a real life thing. Like this, this guy went to a, a Kumite, which was apparently a real thing. And, like, went and won and was, like, the first Westerner to win the thing and has, like, all these crazy records and started an American ninjutsu system. I'm like, that is the most, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, so I started reading into it, and the whole, like, most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament being 56, like, that really stood out, right? Um, and that... The reason why it's like so many knockouts in one tournament is because he stated that the Kumite had 60 rounds of a single elimination tournament and it took place in 1975 when he would have been 19 and it took place in the Bahamas and it was only held every five years and he also stated that he was the first person to be allowed to speak publicly about the existence of the event and he also stated that he learned how to become a ninja in Japan by Senzo Tanaka when he was a teenager. And when he was in the military from 1975 to 1981, he said that the director of the CIA would arrange to meet him in a restroom where he would assign him on covert missions in Southeast Asia, which included destroying a fuel depot in Nicaragua and a chemical weapons plant in Iraq. And he was also awarded the Medal of Honor. But it doesn't end there. He also stated that he didn't have the sword that he won from the Kumite anymore because he sold it in a failed attempt to buy the freedom of a boat of orphans who he later rescued from a group of pirates. So is that starting to sound fishy to you? That sounds wild. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, so um, do you think that's all true? No. Okay. 
good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it is widely considered that everything that this man has claimed is absolute fiction. (laughs) So um, people dug up. Frank Dukes is a real guy. Mm -hmm. Um, People dug up. He was the fight coordinator for this movie. Um, And it's like based on his life. So people dug up his military records via the Freedom of Information Act and found that he never even served overseas. He did serve in the military, but he never served overseas. He never even left San Diego. And he never received the Medal of Honor either. Um, Apparently, the trophy he kept that he claimed he won from the Kumite was actually bought from a trophy store in the San Fernando Valley. And he had gotten a small group of, what, essentially, like, what happened, he got a small group of people to essentially verify his story um, and say that all this stuff happened. And that, like, oh, I was at the Kumite, like, I saw it all happen. Um, but in reality, he just told them what to say. And it's just widely considered that he pretty much lied his way into Hollywood so that he could promote his martial arts schools. And the makers of the movie just took him at his word at the time. Um, and now it's been immortalized in the credits of this movie and so many people are going to watch this movie and think it's all true. <laughs> I kind of love that though. <laughs> it makes it, it makes the movie better. <laughs> I'm like, oh, now this movie's phenomenal. <laughs> now that I had this information. So like the most insane thing uh, of all the, of all the crazy things that I just stated, the one thing that is the most like, oh, okay, that has to absolutely not be true. I mean, the sword and the orphans and the pirates, like, yeah, that's obviously absurd. But mm-hmm. um, it's more likely to be true than him stating the 56 knockouts from, a, from the Kumite being a 60-round single elimination tournament. Um, that's, like, that's where the whole story falls apart because if you think about it, a four-round single elimination tournament would consist of 16 people. That's, you know, 16 people fight. That's eight matches, then down to eight people, then down to four people, then down to two people. Mm -hmm. That's four rounds, right? Mm -hmm. So that's two to the power of four. Um, So if this tournament that he participated in was a 60-round tournament... There'd be way more people eliminated before he even got a chance to fight them. Well... No, no, no. Well, it would be, it's, it's, you fight one person, you lose your fight and then you're out of the tournament. Right. Right. So, well, well, so if it's a 60 round tournaments as in 60 rounds of like, you know, a four, a four round tournament, as I said, was like eight, eight fights in the first round, four fights in the second round, two fights in the third round, one fight in the last round. That's Mm -hmm. four rounds, Right. right? Multiple, more than more than four fights, right? Right. So he claims it's a 60-round tournament. That would be, you know, enough people at 60, then cut it in half, 59, cut it in half, 58. So if you do the math, mm-hmm. if it was a 60-round tournament, single uh, single elimination, that's two to the power of 60, that would mean that 1.15 quintillion people participated in the Kumite. Which... I was going to say, 60 rounds sounds like a lot. That's an insane number. 
<laughs> that's why I like when you said it. I was like, okay, sixty fights. Like no wonder right, it fell right. apart because it's like he, there wouldn't be like he wouldn't be challenging for, like right. fifty-seven people. Right. It could so, have yeah. been. It could have been like a sixty-four, uh, sixty-four people in the tournament. You mm-hmm. know that would, but sixty-four people would be a six-round tournament. Yeah. Um. So for it to be a sixty-round tournament is like. More people than there, there have ever existed. <laughs> Which is, like, so wild. Um, so, all right. Reading further into it, because, like, it was, it was just a never-ending rabbit hole on this guy. Um, so, in fact, he, he was actually... It was found in his military records that he was referred for a psychiatric evaluation in 1978 while he was in the military for expressing, quote, flighty and disconnected ideas. Mm-hmm. So in reality, when you look at the big picture, mm-hmm. it's, you know, he's, he's, like, he's like a confidence man with unchecked mm-hmm. mental health issues going on yeah. who has an affinity for martial arts. Yeah. Um, like apparently he does actually know martial arts, like he studied martial arts. That point is true mm-hmm. um but just not at all in the way that he claimed yeah and you could kind of say like it reminds me of steven seagal um you know steven seagal Mm-mm. oh Who's my gosh that? this is like the third time we've talked about steven seagal and every time you're like <laughs> he's the guy on corridor crew they recreated a oh, steven right. seagal trailer yeah. Because yeah. Steven Seagal, he also has an affinity for martial arts, made mm-hmm. a bunch of really bad movies in the 90s, mm-hmm. is apparently super hard to work with, and he's still making movies to these to this day, and they're all like super bad mm-hmm. and very low effort, and it's like, he just kind of seems like a terrible guy, mm-hmm. um, and who like also probably is kind of like a con man in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um but has an affinity for martial arts. So I was reading this and I was like, this is reminding me of Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. And then just to like put the cherry on top of the whole story, um, apparently Frank Dukes had claimed to have stopped a plot to assassinate Steven Seagal. So there you go. Goodness. Yep. Well, I hope he's receiving the help that he needs. <sighs> yeah, I hope. The, the, the last thing that I found on him in terms of like, public eye stuff was like he did work as a fight choreographer for a few movies Mm -hmm. with Van Damme after that they Mm -hmm. had uh, written a screenplay for a movie Um, let's see I don't have the I don't have the name oh no no I have uh, they wrote a screenplay together in like 1991 Mm -hmm. called The Kumite Enter the New Dragon and, and this is all after they found out that he was lying about everything. So I don't, I don't know the exact timeline of when people found out. I think, I think just people over the course of time just kind of like realized like this guy is not legit in the way yeah. that he is saying that he is. But he did, like he was a, a fight choreographer for a few movies. Him and Van Damme wrote this script, but then it never ended up getting made. Um, but then Van Damme later ended up doing the Quest, which I mentioned, which was like tournament in tibet mm-hmm. movie um and dukes tried to sue him claiming that the script was basically the script that they had written together that never got mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. um and so they went to court and frank dukes ended up getting a story credit uh on the quest due to a ruling made by the writers guild of america but he ultimately lost that lawsuit because the jury 
did not really believe him. Um, mm-hmm. And they said that like his claims were less than credible and there was a, supposedly tapes mm-hmm. that would have verified all of this stuff between him and Van Damme about like what was going on with like the making of the quest or mm-hmm. making of the movies. And, mm-hmm. um, but he claimed that those tapes were destroyed in the 1994 Northridge earthquake. So yeah, they just like, they didn't, they didn't buy any of it. There was yeah. a lawsuit he lost, but he still has this writing credit on the quest, mm-hmm. which I also looked up and supposedly is not a very good movie. Mm. So it's all just very weird, but that's kind of like the last yeah, that is strange. heard of Frank Dukes. Yeah. Well, I hope he's in a better place. I, yeah, I hope so too. I mean, it sounds like he had martial arts schools, so yeah. <laughs> hopefully that took yeah. off for him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hollywood's what a weird story yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. strange yeah like, i don't even have words i don't know it's just weird yeah no like i just when we've because i i watched this movie a, a few weeks ago um i'd seen it like twice before mm-hmm. uh and i hadn't seen it in a while and i and i watched it a few weeks ago just because i was in the mood and then i was like oh, okay i'll sign this mm-hmm. um but when i watched it a few weeks ago and i saw that end thing where it was like based on true events and all these like facts i was like whoa mm-hmm. that's that's crazy that's really interesting <laughs> and then we assigned this and then i start looking into it today and i'm mm-hmm. like yo this is nuts <laughs> what the heck yeah. why does the why does the rabbit hole go so deep on this <laughs> yeah i like wasn't even paying attention like yeah attention enough when that popped up i was just like oh based on true story okay i could kind of see i could see that being the case but i like wasn't looking at the actual like stats that was like being shown to me I yeah was just like eh. it's not necessarily yeah. the stats that are wild although they are wild mm-hmm. um it's the fact that any of this could have happened at all <laughs> like a secret martial arts tournament I mean, you don't believe with that? that many people well so i was reading up on what some people have thought about that as well and they were like there's just no way that if that many people had gotten together mm-hmm. for a secret martial arts tournament mm-hmm. that it would have stayed a secret uh yeah i don't know i believe you i believe you could well certainly not a 60 round tournament with 1.15 quintillion people participating that's impossible (laughs) but i could i could see some underground stuff i mean there's underground stuff going on right now that we just i mean that's true that's true i mean there's yes underground fighting tournaments for sure yeah but like one where like all the best fighters in the world are getting together that's like some illuminati stuff i don't know i mean I don't know. I don't know. I think it can happen. All right. That's my take. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that is everything I had on this movie. Um, I will probably watch this again multiple times in my <laughs> lifetime. It is a fun movie. Yeah, it is fun. Um, yeah. And now that I know all this stuff, it's like, what? Wow. Yeah. I want to know what Jean-Claude Van Damme's skincare routine is because that man had some flawless skin he did he's he's since aged up um yeah i saw a picture because i was like i pulled up a summary just to make sure that i wasn't like truly forgetting anything crazy that might have happened um and i saw a picture of him like when it was like cast i was like uh he's old (laughs) he's old now yeah but back then he had some amazing skin yeah i mean this movie was made like what 35 years ago so mm-hmm. i mean yeah yeah but i mean he looked great back then my goodness he, he um 
I don't know if this is true uh, from listening to a podcast that I also listened to that was talking about Van Damme recently. They said that he had a contractual obligation to always show his butt in the movie um, that he's in. And, uh, you know, there is a butt shot in this movie. And you just look like he is built. Yeah. Um, It's like, it's wild. Yeah. I actually, this is also kind of wild. I did read that um, when he like showed up to... Like, when Frank Dukes first saw him, he was like, oh, he's not nearly, like, built enough. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, Van Damme is, like, a martial arts world champion. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, he's, like, not, he's not, like, built enough. So they went on, like, a three-month <laughs> regimen together. Oh and gosh. Van Damme said it was, like, the most intense training he's ever done in his life. Oh, my gosh. But, like, you look at him in this movie and you're like, that man is, like, it's, like, picture-perfect everything. And for him to be doing, like, all these kicks and like the splits like mm-hmm. yeah you could not you could not want more out of like physical capabilities mm-hmm. than van damme in this movie mm-hmm. um that's that's how i feel i'm mm-hmm. like if somebody told me like you could have any body in the world like any body no. physical body in the world i would be like for you know like say it's like a video game or something i don't know i'd be mm-hmm. like yeah van damme and blood sport done Wow. And I want to be able to do spinning back kicks. Because, <laughs> like, who wouldn't want to be able to do that? I'm sure lots of people, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's all I've got. Cool. And now I need to do a bunch more talking. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'm, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of talking for me today. Okay. Are, is that your summary? Okay, babe, you say that every week, every time you see my summary, and we always get through it. So I'm going to take a swig of water, and I'm going to read my notes. <laughs> Goodness. Fill the space, please. I have nothing to say. I'm so out of it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so I was assigned this week a movie called Wild Hogs. And if you don't know Wild Hogs, it was made in 2007, and it is the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, And you probably remember it, too, as a dumb movie (laughs) that you probably didn't see, and you'd be correct (laughs) about all of it. Well, I think I may shock you. Well, let's let's get into it. Let's Mm -hmm. get into it. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean I disliked this experience. (laughs) I will just say it's a dumb movie. Uh, So... Wild Hogs, yeah, came out in 2007. It stars Tim Allen, John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, and William H. Macy. So they're four middle-aged men who like to ride their motorcycles together and call themselves the Wild Hogs and eat at their favorite local joint in Cincinnati, Ohio. So Tim Allen's character, I don't have any of their names. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to call them by their actor names. Mm Mm-hmm. So Tim Allen's character is a dentist. He has a wife and son, but his son thinks he's super lame. excuse me John Travolta I think is he a lawyer in this movie I don't know okay he's a he's a guy that has clients that makes money yeah (laughs) so I think he's a lawyer um and he has a supermodel wife and a nice house but he's actually super broke and has lost all of his clients and his wife is divorcing him 
Uh, well, Martin Lawrence has a wife and daughter, and he's taken a year off from working as a plumber to uh, write a how-to book, and his wife wears the pants in the relationship, and he is very scared of her. <laughs> William H. Macy is a computer developer who is single and doesn't know how to talk to women. He's also a total danger to himself because he is a nonstop, uh, he is nonstop finding ways to put himself in harm's way. And literally every time they're on a bike, he will fall off or crash or his bike will get destroyed. Um, it happens multiple times throughout the movie. And he's a menace and should be taken off the road. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they let him continue. <laughs> so John Travolta's character, having no money, says that they should all go out on a road trip and discover themselves and take the open road head on because that's what owning a motorcycle is all about. And so they all decide they're going to go on this trip to California. Well, they go, and wouldn't you know it, hijinks ensue. <laughs> My favorite thing to say on this podcast, as you pointed out, because yep. every movie you assign <laughs> is full of hijinks. Yep. <laughs> so there's one part where they're camping out in the forest, and they accidentally light their tent on fire with a s'more. Uh, so they end up sleeping out in the open and are found the next morning by a police officer played by John C. McGinley, who then continues to pop up multiple times throughout the movie, just hitting on them the whole time and wanting to like join their group and hang out with them. It's really weird. Um, and then like there's another part where they're all swimming in some water and decide to do some skinny dipping. And then a family shows up. And the family realizes they're all naked, and they're like, what's wrong with you people? But then John C. McGinley pops up, and he's naked, and he's like, hey, guys, let's hang out. And they're like, oh, let's get out of here. Um, and there's like there's like a very family-friendly movie score playing throughout <laughs> the whole thing, but they're making a lot of like immature, or sorry, a lot of mature, uh, insensitive, and like... Mm-hmm references um just like very kind of not i wouldn't say raunchy necessarily but just like very non-family friendly remarks throughout the movie mm-hmm. despite the f- overall family friendly f- feel of it it's very yeah. it's jarring i have things to say about that as well <laughs> okay um so eventually they stop at a biker bar slash gas station and the local bikers are all there and they're called the Del Fuegos, and it's thunder. Oh, some thunder outside. Um, so yeah, they get to a bar. There's these guys called the Del Fuegos there, and their leader is played by Ray Liotta, who starts harassing them and is like, "Y'all are just a bunch of sur- suburban dads who bought yourselves some bikes and some leather outfits and started pretending to be bikers, um, but we're the real deal. This bar was built by an important biker man. He knew what was up." Um, which you got to admit, like all of that is true. He had a very spot on analysis of them, honestly. Um, but, uh, this results in the, the bikers basically picking on William H. Macy's character and taking his bike away from him and telling them that they need to get lost and go back to Ohio. So the guys, they ride off. William H. Macy doesn't have his bike anymore. Um, they're going back, and John Travolta's like, are we going to let them do that to us? No, I'm going to go back there, and I'm going to do something about it. Um, and so they just kind of sit there and wait for him to go do something about it. And he goes, and while the Del, the Del Fuegos are in the bar, he disconnects the fuel lines on all of their bikes, and then he takes William H. Macy's bike uh, because they left the keys in it. 
so this was a very very easy operation for him, honestly. Um, and when he gets back to the guys, he's like, oh, I just talked to them. He, like, lies about the whole thing. He's like, oh, I just talked to them. I said if they try anything, we'll just sue them super hard. Um, and when I told them that we'd sue them, they just froze up, and I took the bike back. And they all just start touting him like a hero. They're like, wow, you're the best. Uh, so then they head back in the, the direct, in the direction that they were originally going in. They're like, trip is back on. So when they pass by the Del Fuego's bar, the Del Fuego's are all super confused and they hop on their bikes to chase them and they realize that their bikes aren't able to move and are leaking fuel and then Ray Liotta drops his lit cigarette in his mouth and it ignites the fuel which results in the gas station exploding which I swear to God is one of the most insane (laughs) in-camera explosions I have ever seen in a movie because the stuntmen... As this explosion happens, the stuntmen are standing, I kid you not, right next to it. <laughs> um, the flames just stop shy of them, which, like, if you if you watch this and you don't know how movies are made, you're just like, well, yeah, explosion, and, like, that's it. But if you watch this and you know how stunts work... Um, it is insane. You just, like, I as soon as we looked at it, I was like, that has to be the most unsafe thing um, I have ever seen. And I'm, like, I'm very curious about if there's any kind of story behind that. Um, but anyway, back to the movie. Uh, the guys are riding off. Uh, the explosion happens. And conveniently, John Travolta is the only one that even notices that there was an explosion. Um, and he's like, oh, no, there was an explosion. They're going to come after us. And so he's like, he's all scared about it. So they get to a small town eventually, and they realize that they need gas, but the gas station is closed on the weekend, and the locals are having a big festival. So the guys are like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we should just stay. But uh, also the locals have had trouble with the Del Fuegos in the past, it turns out. So knowing that, John Travolta is obviously concerned because he's like, the Del Fuegos are going to come find us if we stay here. And everybody else is like, well, we don't even need to worry about the Del Fuegos. They're not going to come find us because, like, John Travolta threatened to sue them, and that was the end of it. So, it's like, we're good. No worries here. Um, meanwhile, William H. Macy's character meets Marissa Tomei because she owns a local diner, and she likes him, and they start flirting, and he figures out how to talk to women through her. Uh, eventually, though, Two of the Del Fuegos show up to this small town looking for these guys. And Martin Lawrence, thinking he's got immunity from these guys because they threatened a lawsuit on them, just starts harassing these guys, squirting ketchup and mustard in their faces and on their outfits. And that, I swear to God, has to be the dumbest part of the whole movie. <laughs> like, that has to be the dumbest scene in the movie. Because um, it's like, that is like... That's like the the family image of this movie, like coming in, where it's like, oh yeah, he's squirting ketchup and mustard on him, <laughs> got him, mm-hmm. and like that's that's a very like family friendly thing, which is like why it's so weird that they make like a really in- a lot of inappropriate jokes throughout this movie. Um, but like, even if you had threatened to sue these guys, if you start squirting a bunch of ketchup and mustard on these guys like even other characters in the movie point out like well that's a lawsuit waiting to happen because now he can get sued it's anyway dumb choice dumb choice shouldn't have done that anyway uh those guys 
who are in the Del Fuegos that had that happen to them. They go back to the rest of the Del Fuegos. Then all the Del Fuegos show up to the small town. Essentially, they take the town hostage. The local sheriff is just useless throughout this whole thing. He has no idea what to do. Then John Travolta comes clean to everyone about what really happened and also comes clean about like being broke and stuff. So eventually there's some fighting between them and then it all just gets stopped all at once. Because remember that important biker man that built the bar that knew what was up? Well, he shows up to stop the whole thing and he tells Ray Liotta's character to let it go because being a biker is all about being free or whatever. And I guess he's also Ray Liotta's character's dad. Um, So they just end up dropping the whole thing. And then Tim Allen's wife and kid show up with Martin Lawrence's wife. And everybody's happy. And Marissa Tomei and William H. Macy are now a couple. And yay, the end. And then in in the credits of the movie, we see the Extreme Makeover Home Edition guys have now rebuilt the Del Fuego's bar. And all the Del Fuegos are like crying and stuff. And it's like pretending like it's an episode of Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Um, and that was honestly probably the funniest part of the movie. That, that, that did, that did uh, tickle me quite a bit. Um, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but um, yeah, overall, uh, as I said, a very dumb movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the ending is the most like deus ex machina ending I have one of one of the most just like undeserved endings for the characters I've ever seen, mm-hmm. like Days Ex Machina. Are you familiar with that? No. That, yeah, that just means like just through the through the sheer of like convenience of plot, it's just like something happens that was like not even in the control of the characters, and now the conflict is over and they are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not considered a good writing device, mm-hmm. uh, but here it is, uh, you know, fully on display. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's just it's just hijink after hijink um and i really wonder what the right what the writing process was who wrote this <laughs> how did all the people that are in this movie agree to make it um and yeah the hijinks just kind of felt like they had to happen with along with that movie score that felt had this like family friendly sound mm-hmm. like it just sounds like tim allen just like called up his guys Mm-hmm. And was like, hey guys, I want to make a biker movie, mm-hmm. and then I want my friends to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how this movie got made. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, now you tell me everything that you want <laughs> to say. Did you say how you felt? Like, how do you, if you liked it or not? I mean, I'm not sure if it was on in the background that I would even watch it then. <laughs> if it was on in the background, I would like. I'd pay it some, I'd give it like three or four or five minutes of my time, mm-hmm. but I ultimately would try to, I'd probably want to move on to putting my focus elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I did enjoy, like it was, it was fun for us to sit and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, like sitting in bed, like, you know, silly and I'm like, what, what, this is so wild that this even exists mm-hmm. and they're making all this in a, like the, the, the cognitive dissonance of like, the family-friendly tone with the completely non-family-friendly content mm-hmm. um, was, like, really something to behold. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was really interesting mm-hmm. um, in that regard. And that, honestly, the explosion was, like, the most exciting thing for me because I was like, how in the heck mm-hmm. is that in this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, some parts are kind of funny, but, 
like overall the whole thing makes no sense it's a very movie movie mm-hmm. and the ending is like the most pointless undercut nonsense i've like it's it's up there um mm-hmm. and yeah I'm also wondering if the lead actors rode the motorcycles or not, or if there was any green screen. That's fair. Um, before I get into facts, I hated it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I totally understand all the things that you just said. I, after we watched it, I was like, why did I ever enjoy this movie? Like, what did me and my mom when I was young? Okay, I thought you were enjoying it the whole time. Oh, no, I absolutely hated it. I was like, this is dumb. The things they're saying are stupid. The thing, it, it does not hold up well. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> this is just terrible. This is just garbage. So, yeah. So, no, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, now, you had a lot of questions that I do not have answers to. Uh, I, I figured. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, there was very, the facts on IMDb trivia were like not good facts at all. It was like Martin Lawrence also played in Martin with so-and-so or like, Ugh. it was like that kind of thing. So yeah. I was like, this is nothing that's like about the movie. It's just like this person was also in this movie with this person, like that type of thing. Anything, did you find any like behind the scenes footage or like... Um, I did not have anything. I didn't check that hard. Um, what I will say though, is why I can give you a little bit more about that cognitive dissonance that you're telling, you're talking about. Absolutely. But before I, before I do that, um, so this movie, you were like, so earlier you were like, you probably have never seen this movie. This movie actually did really well the opening weekend. So it was the number one movie during its opening weekend in the U S earning 39.7 million. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, it came out the same weekend as Zodiac, which I have not seen Zodiac. Oh, that is a great Zodi- movie. It beat Zodiac. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> so people probably have seen this. Um, the budget was 168 million, roughly. Are you kidding? Yes. W- wait. Yes. I'm sorry. Hold the phone. That's an insanely high budget. I mean, think about it. They have motorcycles. Some of them are custom. Yeah. You have all these, like, lead like these are big names that are in the movie right right stunts stunts <laughs> like, yeah big explosion so that's gonna rack up money so it, the budget was 168 million gross worldwide made 254 million oh my god this money made its movie or sorry <laughs> this, this movie, money made made, movie. <laughs> <laughs> this money made this movie yeah. and they made that money back yep what? So it's actually a bigger movie than you thought. <laughs> a popular movie than you th- a more popular movie than you thought. That is, this is so bonkers to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will say I did look at the um, I did look up the uh, I wanted to see that explosion again, so yeah. I looked it up on uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. and there was like a bar scene just filmed on like somebody's phone camera <laughs> on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I looked at all the comments mm-hmm. and all the comments on that video. I was hoping that it would be comments on like, oh, this explosion is like really intense. Yeah, yeah. No, the comments on that video were just a whole bunch of people that genuinely loved the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about like, oh, yeah, like Woody is my favorite character. John Travolta's character. He's my he's this, I love this movie. People love this movie. What? People the love heck? this movie. I like. OK. And I, I remember the first time I saw it, I had such good like i enjoyed it when i first saw it and so like 
seeing it now i was like what <laughs> like what is this the same movie that i watched before like i was in, i was in shock i i can't i can't <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny okay so going back to that cognitive distance that you were talking about yeah so this movie is distributed by disney what, <laughs> what? so this is a disney movie <laughs> shut up no it's not i'm being so serious it- babe I don't know if it's a if you consider it a Disney movie I don't understand the difference between like the production like production company versus yeah like, it was distributed by, by Disney yeah but I don't I don't think like when you look at the movie poster it's not gonna have Disney right on it however yeah right but Disney were the people to like push the movie to so so disney had first announced the film they announced the film okay and it had this like tagline for the film that said a group of middle-aged wannabe bikers look for adventure out on the open road where they soon encounter a chapter of the hell's angels so in the original script the del fuegos were supposed to be hell's angels okay disney got sued (laughs) <laughs> by the hell's angels by the hell's angels yeah i believe it um because El- the hell's angels did not want like their club to be a part of this like movie like no it's yeah. unlicensed like they were like no and yeah, disney's not coming for the hell's angels yeah, yeah. no and that doesn't it, surprise me one bit yeah in addition to that which is something i did not know um 20th century fox owns exclusive rights to use hell's angels name and logo but only if it's like a biography like Oh, so yeah. Okay, okay. So that was also another obstacle. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But I'm I'm assuming that like this weird kind of family friendly, but also like in like mature feeling that you're getting is because Disney played a role in it. <sighs> that's so weird. I don't know if that's true, but like that's it's, where I mean, I'm Tim feeling Allen like it's from. for sure has connections at Disney. He was right. in Toy Story. He was in Santa Claus. The Santa Claus is a Disney movie. Um, Mm -hmm. so like, I get it. And also like Tim Allen, uh, he did like a sitcom recently that was Mm -hmm. apparently like pro Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, uh, it feels like the, um, it feels like the target demographic for this movie is like middle America or like Hell's Angels and their families. Um, you know, I think with the casting, I think it can target everyone because like you have Martin Lawrence, right? Like an icon, <clears throat> a black icon. Yeah, love him. Like you have John Travolta. There's John Travolta fans. I mean, I don't know. Everybody like, knows and yeah, loves some loves, version of right, John Travolta. Yeah. Right. You have Tim Allen. I feel like that's your middle America. Yeah. And then yeah, I don't know the other guy's name. Yeah. T- I well, I, w- William H Macy. There we go. Yeah. But he's like, everyone loves him. Yeah. I mean, he, I would say he went on to have the most successful filmography mm-hmm. uh, because he did Shameless uh, mm, yeah. after this. Yeah. Uh, of all these four guys. Mm-hmm. And then Ray Liotta, huge name. Huge like, name. Yeah. yeah. Ray Liotta. Yeah. I mean, that, like, he's, that's the man. You yeah. Know? Um, I was so shocked when I saw him in this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was, when we watched this, I was like, Tim Allen thinks he's America's dad. <laughs> Um, but Tom Hanks is actually oh, America's yeah. dad. Tom Hanks could do no wrong. It, it's like Tom Hanks is, it feels to me like it's, it's two, they're two sides of the same coin of 
who's who's vying for America's dad. Uh, but here's the for thing. each person, you just flip a coin, and that's because uh, Tim Allen has to try. Tom he Hanks does. It just is. It's just natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just is. Like Tim Tim Allen is like even. Like, this is a washed-up Tim Allen in this movie, you know? Like, <laughs> he'd yeah. also recently done, like, at that time, he did that Zoom movie, mm. which was him, like, that. having, like, the Flash uh, superpowers. Oh. But it's, like, a Disney movie, and, like, Spencer Breslin was in it. It's a bad it. movie. It's not... It's bad. Yeah. Um, and that was, like, a washed-up Tim Allen in, like, 2006. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of washed-up, because of its popularity, they were thinking about doing a sequel. However, they decided to scrap that because um, Old Dogs came out in 20, 2009. Old that Dogs. Is Tim Allen and uh, Robin Williams. Oh, I remember that. That Was there some controversy around that movie? I don't know, but it tanked so bad that they were like, okay. we're not doing a Wild Hogs too. Gotcha. Oof. It also had John Travolta in that movie. Well, uh, that yeah doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so no sequel. They considered it, but oh my god! I guess they were like Tim Allen ain't it. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta restructure. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I have no idea where he's been other than like this pro-Trump sitcom that he supposedly Didn't made. They just do a recent like new. They just Santa did a Claus Santa show? Claus show last yeah. year. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think it was. I don't know if it like did the numbers, but I don't know. I don't think it was really well rated much either. Yeah, I was never a Tim Allen fan. Like he had that show, what was it, Home Improvement? Yeah, that was his whole thing. Yeah, and that I was, was like, like uh, Middle America loved yeah. Home Improvement. Yeah, I was not about it. I was like, what is this? I ne- I never. <laughs> this is not it. for me. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I never watched it. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, no shade to those that enjoyed it, you know? <laughs> no. I'm like, if you enjoy going to the Home Depot, I'm sure Home <laughs> Improvement is like your favorite show yeah. in the 90s. Um, and that totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, good for them. Smart idea for a movie show. Yeah. Uh, for, a show. for a movie show. <laughs> for a show. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, the last fact I have, like I said, I didn't find too many facts. I probably could have dog deeper but it's okay yeah i i'm satisfied with these facts alone <laughs> yeah i, I do want to know if corridor crew has covered this explosion on a stuntman react episode because if not, you should submit it i absolutely it's going in the comments yeah um so the last fact so maggie's diner was built in madrid new mexico for the film but the producers were asked to leave the building standing when filming was over and it's now a gift shop that sells wild hog and del fuego souvenirs <laughs> I don't know if it still does. Okay. But yeah. I didn't look it up. All right. For sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, I can dig it. Like, what a... That's such a specific reference. I know. <laughs> that's wild. Like, babe, we got to go to the Wild Hogs gift shop. Oh, but you know what? I bet my mom would be all about it. Oh, my, my mom would love it. Yeah. She would love it. Oh, man. Oh, this is wild. Yeah. I, the the Disney involvement is really like throwing me for a loop right now because yeah. there's just there are some things said that should just just not have been said. Wow, that's very problematic. Yeah. Ooh, and uh, yeah, and the the there's a lot of like insecurity about homosexuality. Yes. Throughout this movie. Yes. 
which is like also uh, I hate it for 2007. Oh, I guess it's 2007. It's honestly not that much of a surprise, but for Disney to be attached in any way, shape, or form, yeah, that is like that. That is a surprise. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, watching it again, that's why I hated it so much. It was like all those comments, and it's such like a toxic masculine kind of For like sure. yeah. yeah and i was just like ew <laughs> like ew <laughs> it was just gross yeah i was like this is not funny this is dumb i will say <laughs> there's a part where one of the there's like those like state troopers or something yeah and one of them's like you son of a b-word and the way he says it cracks oh me yeah that up. Was, you <laughs> son of a yeah <laughs> so funny that was great yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. part where i laugh out loud i'm like just the way he said it was just hilarious yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah it's just it's bad it's so bad i don't yeah. want to watch it ever again okay for sure <laughs> <laughs> sick <laughs> glad we're on the same page the, yeah the um i will say the, the extreme makeover home edition part like that was that is really funny that was it was worth watching the movie just to get the the comedy yeah. of that because I I remember we watched that show like every oh Sunday night. Gosh. It would have every you crying week. too. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, "Our house was on fire. I know. And then we lost our car, and then we lost our jobs." And yeah, you're like they deserve this house. Yeah, <laughs> and in the movie they're like, "The Del Fuego family lost their bar. Yeah, move that bus." Yes, and they're like. Yeah, and they're like, oh, my God, they rebuilt it. And, and, like, there's one guy who, like, he's got, like, some homosexual, um, like, just comments that throughout the movie. Um, Gay vibes. Yeah, he's got, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, now it's like, yeah, it's, that was, yeah, that was a weird thing. A weird way for me to phrase that. But, like, there's a guy yeah. in the Del Fuegos that's just kind of, like, throughout the movie giving off gay vibes, but, like, not being explicit about being gay. Yeah. And then, like, when yeah, when they reveal the the bar um, with with the bus moving, he's like, "Oh my god!" And like, yeah, it was fun. Um, you like, you felt for the Del Fuegos. You felt happy for them. It's like that part watching it now is just nostalgic because everyone was watching that show. Yeah, and it's like you yeah, forget yeah. about that. You forget that show existed. Yeah, and so like to have the yeah, reminder. Where did it go? Like, what? I don't know. Yeah. It was like every episode they'd be in their bus yeah. and they'd be like, all right, guys, this is where we're going. This is what happened to this family. And they would just have a whole breakdown. I used to be so everything. jealous too. Cause like, especially if they had kids and the kids got these really cool rooms, I'd be like, yeah. oh, that's not fair. And I'm like, like, I want the, like they literally have lost everything. Like, you have a house. I'm like, I want <laughs> the like, Mario room. I want right. The- right. My mom would have to be like, oh, yeah, you like, you have a house. You're yeah. fine. Like these are people who like need it. Yeah. And I'm like, but I want a room like that. <laughs> They'd be like the kid with the glass bones. And yeah. he's like, they built railings inside yeah. the house yeah. for him. And it's like, like accessible oh yeah it's like yeah. oh that's great you know i know yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> del fuego's got their bar <laughs> <laughs> they didn't deserve it no 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 they didn't no um but yeah so glad that we got that over with yeah never have to think about this ever again what a bummer <laughs> what a bad pick Oh no, it's fine. I, <laughs> I, it's worth it to me for the uh, for the explosion. <laughs> the explosion. I was like, oh, what a find! That's so funny. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, do you want to move on to the picks? Let's do it. All right. I'm gonna let you pick first. Okay. You already know what I'm gonna pick because I, I do mentioned it. Oh yeah, that's I right. I do. It. 
Yes. Um, so season two of a phenomenal show called The Bear, if you have not seen it, just recently came out. I'm very excited to watch the second season, and so I just decided to assign you the first season so that you could see it. Great. I just finished Chernobyl, so I'm like, hey, more quality television. Like, throw it my way. It's another stressful one. <laughs> I love stressful TV shows. You do. I do not, but I, I like this show. I When a movie or show makes me feel stressed, I am like, I'm in it. Because I like things that make me feel things. I like it when I'm invested to the point where I'm like, uh, uh, like I I like feeling uncomfortable while I'm watching something. And that's why like, like I don't really watch horror movies that much because I can like see right through some of them. Um, So, you know, like Insidious or whatever. I'm like, "Eh, whatever. The Nun, eh, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like. Get the jump scares all figured out. But when a movie, when there is like a horror movie that comes that mm-hmm. can like make me feel something, that mm-hmm. feels like, that feels like a genuinely like special experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or, you know, just if something makes me feel stressed mm-hmm. and I'm like, when I care about what's going on with mm-hmm. the characters mm-hmm. and I'm like able to get emotionally invested mm-hmm. to where their stress is now my stress, that's the best. Oh my gosh, no. I want to go to a piece of content to not think, to like, just like empty, clear my mind, get like happiness thrown at me. I mean, I like happiness too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I am excited for you to watch it. I have a friend who is a trained chef and I had asked her, I was like, how accurate is this to, you know, your experience? Like, is this just like, you know, amplified? And she was like, no. Like, she's like, that show is triggering for me. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So it's wow. like very true of her experience. Mm-hmm. At wow. least of her experience. Yeah. It seems like the food industry. Wow. It, yeah, it seems All pretty right. accurate. Well, so my dreams of becoming a chef are about to oh, yeah, be no. obliterated next week. Catch I... it to catch that next week. Yeah. Stay I'm like, tuned. I want no part of the food industry. Yeah. <laughs> no part of it. Oh my gosh. No, I couldn't handle it. Okay. Well, yeah, let's talk more about that next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so great pick. Looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because you're assigning me that, I was kind of looking through my list and was like, all right, well, like that's supposed to be of good quality. Mm-hmm. What's something that I could think of that's of good quality that uh, has to do with like the expertise of somebody mm-hmm. um, being put on display. Mm-hmm. And there is a documentary, I think it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's called 14 Peaks. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. So, about uh, climbing. Yeah, it's about, yeah, it's a climbing documentary mm-hmm. about a team that climbs 14 mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, just learning about their, the story of the team is, I think, not just interesting. I think it's also like important that they get highlighted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's my assignment. Nice. What's the um, rock climbing movie we watch? Free Solo. Free Solo. I feel like I have heard so many people reference that in like the past few months. And I'm like, oh, I know what that is because of our podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm so in the loop. Well, we were watching, um, what, Smartless mm-hmm. 
the on the yeah. road yeah uh, which is the uh jason bateman and uh will arnett and that other guy uh <gasps> sean sean what's it you don't sean know his last name hayes i stand correct okay fine um <laughs> uh he's on will and grace okay gotcha um there there was a part when we were watching that Mm-hmm. where somebody mentioned like climbing documentaries or whatever. Will Arnett was like, oh yeah, free solo, 14 peaks. Oh yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, okay. That that was like, hey, to see 14 peaks mentioned in the same breath as free <laughs> solo. Excellent. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that honestly was for me where I was like, oh yeah, 14 peaks. Um, mm-hmm. I gotta sign that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my assignment. Got you. I like, I've been wanting to give you documentaries, but like, Waiting for the right time. Because all the documentaries I like are about, like, cults. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Asylum. But, like, but they're really heavy. So I'm like... I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. Whenever you're ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm ready whenever you... Yeah. No, I haven't really given you any... Have I given you any documentaries? Uh, no. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Uh, you gave me cult podcast. I think that was the closest we got. Yeah. To a documentary. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, next week you can catch the bear and fourteen peaks. My memory has been so bad. I never know what I've assigned, and I never yeah. know what you have assigned. I have to ask you all the time. I'm like, what did I assign? What did you assign? Yeah, yeah. All right. What That's did we fun. even talk about this episode? We talked about blood sport just now. You remember that? Nope. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Thank you for joining us for Bloodsport and Wild Dogs. We'll see you next week for The Bear and 14 Peaks. Have a great week, yeah. and we'll catch you next time. See ya. And be sure to like and subscribe. Bye. Bye.